Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. I'm Pepper Duran alongside Ricky Romero, former Blue Jay pitcher. And former big league catcher Josh Tolley, thanks as always for listening, for joining us, and interacting with us, especially on the Instagram, the Let's Go Ricky Row Instagram page, where people got their stickers, they're happy about it, and uh, you know what, Tolley, I know you're the rich guy here, so I'm going to start invoicing you for all the stamps that I'm sending to Canada. <laughs> it's three That's stamps not... to go to Canada. That, hey, those are rich people. <laughs> they uh, booed me for a while. They booed me for a while. You got booed in Canada? Oh, please. Chasing knuckleballs back to the backstop? Holy shit. Because <laughs> it's really easy to do it, right? Yeah. It's really easy. Yeah. Uh, today's <laughs> guest actually joining us right now is Dustin Garneau, a catcher with the Detroit Tigers, jumping on with us right now. And there he is, Dustin Garneau. Welcome to the podcast, Dustin. He's trying to figure things out, get it all set yeah. up. There it is. How's it going? Hi, Dustin. How are you? Doing yeah. good. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Dustin, real quick, can you turn your phone sideways? That'll help us out. Yep, a no problem. Uh, there Where are you guys at? Where are you guys at, Dustin? Uh, Minnesota. Got in last night. Ooh, love that city. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool city, but it is freezing right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. No better, no better place to go than Sneaky Pete's on your way home from the ballpark. Just remember that. <laughs> Absolutely. What is that, Tully? Come on now. Don't huh? What's Sneaky Pete? Oh, Sneaky Pete. Just a lo- local, yeah, local watering hole. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> a couple pops on the way home and we're good. <laughs> hey, Minnesota is a sneaky city, man. Is it? It really it's is. It, it's awesome. And that stadium is probably one of my favorites. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but it's beautiful, man. That that stadium, when they, we were there when when it first the first year that it opened, and I was like, damn, a lot different than the fucking shitty-ass Metrodome, that's for sure. <laughs> Ricky, no, Ricky cool. likes it. It feels cool because it's, like, right on top of you. All the fans are yeah. on top of you. And I like how yeah. the outer walls are. It's really cool. Yeah. Ricky likes it because it's a graveyard to center field. And Ooh, you got to hit it about two, two miles in the air to right field. <laughs> to, not, to so much, yeah, not so much the sides. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big league catcher Dustin Garneau is today's guest. He's with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, you've seen him in a Rockies uniform. You've seen him in an Angels uniform. Uh, you've seen him in a Cal State Fullerton uniform and a San Pedro local. So that's really cool. Thank you for joining us, Dustin. But before we get going, you know, totally 
said, I can't wait till Dustin comes on because I'm going to start the show off right now. Now, do you know anything about Josh Tolley? He's a former catcher, recently retired, and he still brings it. So, Tolley, we're going to let you start off the show with it right now. Go ahead. You said you wanted a minute to start of the show. I just need one minute because, Dustin, every time we have a guest on here, guess what position they play? <laughs> catcher or not yeah, catcher? of course. No, of course the catchers. We always bring the catchers on. For multitude of reasons. So thanks for coming on. It's this is freaking awesome. It, you know why? You know why? Because it always feels good for me to be the best athlete on this podcast. Oh. That's why we <laughs> we're losing. Justin, we're losing credibility well, by the day. By the day, we lose credibility with Rick. Left. It's a left. He's a left-handed pitcher, man. It's about as far as an athlete as you get. <laughs> I didn't say it this time, Rick. I didn't say it this time. Oh man, this is coming out strong. This is what we like. And Dustin, we know you've been on a bunch of different podcasts, and they're very professional. We're professional to an extent, but we don't care about any of that stuff. It's just talking. Like if you're in the clubhouse having out, you should have heard. We'll, we'll send you the link when Troy Tulowitzki came on and just ripped totally for 45 minutes and all we did was say hello and he went back and forth with us. So that's the kind of deal we have oh yeah it's good stuff man so we just have a lot of fun with the podcast so we just get going like we don't care about what your opinion of angel hernandez is because that was last week's episode <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hey man you're in, the middle. you're in the middle hey, of good, it good receiving numbers when you play play in front of them you, you're damn right that's all that matters <laughs> There you go. No, yeah, because we were talking about it last week and we were saying how, you know, people make it seem like it's an easy ass job to call balls and strikes and stick stuff like that. And 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 actually like how it's easy to criticize the guy that missed a lot of pitches in the zone. But yet we've been following that. Um, I don't know if you follow that Twitter page where it grades the umpires and dude, a lot yeah. of them are more than above average. And it's like, nobody talks about that. And and it's like, they they wait for the one umpire that fucks up. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we need robo arms right away. And it's like, dude, like just like a hitter, a catcher, a pitcher, they have a bad day too. And it's just, it, it just happens. And, you know, Dustin, you, you came from Kelsey Fullerton, say our alma mater where I came from too. And what we were taught was always next pitch next pitch as as cliche as it sounds it's like you know what we're not going to let one pitch fuck up our at bat or fuck up our game we're going to go out there and, and and grind out the at bat if we get a strike against us so what we move on to the next pitch um talk to us a little bit about about that for you being behind the plate and obviously as a hitter yeah it's uh i think it's the the biggest push for the fans at least because they can see and it's obviously been in Angel, whenever he's back there, he's going to be most criticized when he misses these big pitches to bring in the robo-ump and all that kind of stuff, which being a catcher, I'm not going to be for it, obviously, for, for most reasons. But the the aspect that I like, you watch a lot of guys, especially in the big leagues, where one pitch can flip in a bat, even if it's strike one, and they, they strike out and it's mid, straight motherfucking the umpire, like, you ruined my bat. It's like, nah, he really didn't because you swung at the two balls in the dirt after that. So there's there has to be some give and take to where it's like okay he misses a pitch yeah it looks horrible but that doesn't dictate for to the most part the whole fucking at bat for guys throwing the throwing it away for them. Yeah, man. That's yeah, that's, that's that's what I always say. That's what I always say is like it, you're 100 percent right. Is we get hung up on just the one pitch, right? So you, you just take the sword rat bad. I know Angel was bad the other night, and I don't want to touch too much on it. But like strike three was a ball clearly, but. The other pitches, in fact, he didn't get wrong. So it's like you yeah. do you, you can't just blow up every time. But uh consistency, obviously, as catchers is what we 
what we strive on is like we just need to know the strike zone. You can't be all over the place because otherwise we can't call the game properly. Especially for us, like if I get screwed in the bat, most often I'm not going to say anything unless it's like obviously a big part of the game or if it's going to run the scoring position, I might ask him or something. But for the most part, if he falls or calls a strike a ball or vice versa, I want that for my guy. So I'm not going to definitely not going to scream at him or yell at him. I'm going to at least talk to him and ask where he had it and kind of go from there because on the flip side, when I'm catching, I want the same damn call. So for me to yeah. scream at him and say something, it's going to dictate my inning when I'm catching in front of him too. Yeah. And do you ever let him know, Dustin, when, if you punch out on a pitch that you thought it was a ball, do you come back instead of saying something Do you wait till you throw on your equipment and you come and catch and start catching and say, Hey man, I, I need that for my pitcher too. Yeah. Now it's usually after I'll throw down there, you'll probably get about 30 seconds between your throw down and the first bout of the inning to where you can turn around and kind of discuss what happened or talk to them and get a feel like, Hey, I had a down. You haven't been calling all games that we're going to be. And you gotta, I've, I've come to, the realization if i can make them laugh about it it makes them easier for, to be approachable but you, if you come at it, like especially some of these older guys you come at them like what what the hell was that then it's gonna be a long game for you to, to deal with that <laughs> yeah yeah that's right that, that's you know what exactly i love right. I, I love noah Syndergaard's tweet too right after that game i'm here for angel hernandez strike zone forever <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's one way to do it. <laughs> and and uh, last week's episode, we got into a conversation. It was just more about, the, like, just in general about umpires. It also led to 45 minutes. Totally was giving some great stories about that, how to finesse an umpire, how to work it. And it was just the conversations going back and forth. That's why we're touching on it right now. We found that Twitter account, Ump Scorecards, where you yeah. go back and you rate it. And, you know, some guys were like 98% or the only missing one. But then again, on Sunday Night Baseball, when you have Angel Hernandez and then you have the one fan yelling at him outside of the stadium that John Boy puts out there, and it's, it's like yeah. okay, obviously it gets like no, no, uh, you know, uh, Dustin, you grew up at what Eastview Little League where everybody was like yelling at the umpires no matter what, and like it's like everybody's mom is on the field and everybody could do it right. And I sent a tweet out just saying, hey, it's not, it's very hard to do, and people are like, oh, it's not, it's easy, and that's why I'm glad we have you on today. Like, let, let's ask you this: How hard is it just to catch a hundred miles an hour right now? If it's straight, it's it's okay. But the guys are throwing these hundred mile hour cutters or sinkers, and that's where it gets fucked. Like that's not fun to catch. <laughs> now, how so, hard is it to um, like, say it's a strike? Exactly. For me, like to be on the umpire side, to be able to wait. There's guys in the big leagues now who are getting jobs based solely on framing numbers. So you're talking about guys getting in an industry getting paid millions and millions of dollars to be elite with their hands to full umpires, and you're expecting the umpires to see 200 plus pitches a night. And they're going to miss six of them. And that's probably around 95 or so percent. And then you're going to motherfuck them for one big, big miss out of the zone. It's like, dude, like these guys, like me, not so much. But like you watch guys who like Jefferson from Minnesota. He's got very good hands. He's one, He's the best receiver right now as far as metric wise. And like these guys are paid to make the umpire miss. And for them still to get 98 plus percent. And obviously. You oh, oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Your audio, your went audio off. went off. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Uh oh, uh oh. You hear me, Rick? You hear me, Rick? I can hear. I can hear. I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. 
can Josh hear us? I can, can hear Josh everybody. hear us? Can I can hear everybody. Yeah. yeah. So let's see here. Let me uh so, let's see here. Let me uh so there's an echo there. So there's oh, an echo there. On, oh, come on. Let's see, let's see. You had one yeah, job. Yeah. You had one yeah. job. Yeah, one job. Yeah, one job. Oh. Should we hang up? And Should we hang back? up and come back? Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's. Let's. All right. All right. So Dustin's gone. So Dustin's gone. gone. Ricky's gone. Tully, you're still there. Tully, you're still there. Yeah, too much feedback. Yeah, too much feedback. All right. Here we there go. All right. Justin Black. Justin Black. <laughs> oh, we're going to figure this out. Oh, we're... my microphone is off. Everybody back. We're good. We're good. Oh, man. Hold on here. What happened there? Okay. What happened, dude? I don't know. Can Josh hear us? He was telling a great story too. Yeah. Damn. That was a good story. So we're still here. Ricky, you're good. Yeah, I'm good, dude. All right. Let's see if it was here. Okay, so Josh is there. All right, I'm here. Bethel's here. Ricky's here. And I think that was it him or was it us? It was him. And Dustin back. Gotcha. There we go. Yeah, man, what the hell just happened right there? Hey, see, it's you like, start talking about Angel Hernandez, and they come and get you. <laughs> I think it's too damn cold outside here. <laughs> yes, that, that, that big league Wi-Fi isn't very good, man. Yeah, it's paid for the, I pay for the good stuff, too. It's Minnesota, man. It's Minnesota. <laughs> man. All right, so we got it there. We're good. Uh, you were saying, But anyway, uh, we'll move on. You know, I, I like this. And people probably don't know this. There's guys – you were talking about the, the framing metrics. What is that? Speak English to me. So nowadays, like, it's it's basically every pitch that's thrown through the zone, like you see in the box, we get put on a computer, basically, TrackMan and Hawkeye and all these systems to grade on. Every pitch that's thrown through the zone has a percentage of being called a strike or a ball. And throughout the game, your percentage goes up and down, up and down, up and down, to based on how many balls or strikes you catch the right way. And throughout the game it's either like you're going to get plus a score or minus a score you're going to be even and over a season the guys who are better or worse are considered better receivers or not and that's where until obviously the robo comes in the guys are going to get a lot of, are getting contracts on based on how good their receiving numbers are what gun to, yeah. gun to your head gun to your head right now dustin the abs system if they come around and pull every player how do you vote for the automated balls and strike system What's your take on it? I'm going to Oh, they got him again. Uh, we good? We good? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they heard you, man. The union heard you. <laughs> no, my buddy called me right now. Um, no, I went down to Lakeland last year. I got hurt, and I actually caught on the robo-ump the, that they had down that low-way system. And as a hitter, they're going to love it because it, it, it shrinks east to west dramatically. North-South, it gets kind of wonky based on the heights of the players and stuff. But uh, I, as far as receiving on it, I don't, I don't want any part of it. Wow. Yeah. Dude, you lose the relationship. You lose the relationship piece. Like, you're good at what you do, Dustin, because you know how to deal with the personalities of each individual umpire, which goes back to the original topic. That's like – that's one of – that was one of my favorite things to do when I would catch. 
is to have that relationship. And like you said, you can jockey guys to your point about your at bat. You know how to navigate the at bat. It's not about Dustin's at bat. It's actually about the guy on the mound. And it, it, it it's, it's such a thankless job, but like that is the most important thing and they can't measure it. So it doesn't matter to anybody. Wow. Yeah, exactly. There's a big, like, obviously if, it's going to change the catching position. If they go to robo bump. They're going to put more of the, the hitters behind the plate. And I think that's going to change for the bad, for especially for pitchers to throw into guys who I won't, I'm not going to bad mouth players as, as catchers wise, but guys who aren't as elite as they should be behind the dish compared to just having the guys who can bang back there kind of deal. Damn. Well, yeah. it, but then it goes to the other, it goes to the other topics of like, I, I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of teams obviously do all the scouting reports with the wristbands and some people are going to like the electronical thing on the knee that they're, I, I don't know about all of that, but like, they don't even, like, you don't even have to study for a game anymore. Like, like you did in the past. So it's like, you don't, you can kind of just have to stop the baseball at this point and teach a guy how to block and then just go hit homers. And then you have your ideal catcher if the system comes into play. Yeah. That's another way of devaluing the position. Cause obviously it, People don't realize like catching is one of the most uh, I'm gonna it's in general one of the most underpaid positions is on the field compared to the other position maybe to a quote maybe towards a middle reliever also they're they're pretty underpaid but because they can do that is that they don't really put an emphasis on the catching aspect they say we can give you a scouting report if you can keep the ball in the zone and we can you can navigate yourself through the game based on what the information that we can give you. And I think that's a lot of there's a lot of lost aspect of pitcher catcher rapport, catcher umpire rapport, and the guy just who can just read swings in the, in the box and not just put down fastball slider change up curveball. Here we go. So we'll try to navigate a big league lineup like that. So I think it's just another way to devalue the the position and just go towards more of an offensive approach for it. Damn, this is crazy. Yeah, like and, catching has well, changed, Rick. It's crazy now. Yeah. And, and the beauty of it, like like they mentioned, the relationship between pitcher and catcher, it's all about getting a feel for what your pitcher has that day. Um, you can have all the data in front of you and say, oh, um, you know, Miggy Cabrera doesn't hit a curveball very well. Well, what if your starter doesn't have a curveball? Then you have to be able to navigate him through the first three, four, five innings till he finds his curveball and pick your spots on – you know, for me, I was a guy that sometimes my curveball wasn't working from the first inning, second inning, but we found positions or spots to to throw it in 00, uh, 01 till you find it. But you have to be able to navigate and you rely a lot on your catcher. And that's why the, that's why these guys are so good at what they do. They're 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 thinkers. They're they're sitting there doing all the thinking for you. That's why, you know, I mean, you know, my respects to all catchers because they are they're they're pretty damn smart. You know, they they, they know how to navigate through a game, through a big league game, and and be able to have the trust or help you build the trust on the mound to say, okay, I trust you to throw this pitch now. I feel like you've gotten a feel for it in the fifth, sixth inning. Now I've gotten you into the sixth inning. Now, now let's work. And and that's yeah. the beauty of, of the relationship between a, between a pitcher and a catcher. There's also a subtle thing where you can pick up, say, a person in the lineup or you can throw a curveball and he's not going to clip you for it. Maybe he'll hit a single or it'll be you give yourself more of a chance to get an out to get a feel for that pitch. Or I just caught a kid's debut for us the other day and he didn't realize it, but he kept shaking to one certain pitch, one certain area. And for <laughs> me, I'm, I'm sure totally would say the same thing. It's like, it's very uncomfortable five or six times in a row when you keep shaking the same spot. I'm like, dude, these fuckers know it too. Like they're going to start diving on you. And I yeah. brought him like in 
third inning and told him, I was like, where do you keep shaking? He's like, I have no idea. I was like, you keep shaking this one spot. We got to get some fake shakes in there for other pitches or get you to fake to a shake to another pitch. Cause like these guys, they're humans in the box and they're, and they're going to start fucking this pitch up on you if you keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, and big league hitters are freaking smart, man. They, yeah, they, they pick up on anything, any, Oh, there's, this young bucks on the mound making his debut and he keeps shaking to a fastball away. All right, we're going to take him the other way. And next thing you know, they don't care how hard you throw. It can be 98. It can be 99. It can be a hundred. But if you keep shaking to the same spot, the hitters, the big league hitters will make you pay quick too. This is crazy, man. This is crazy. Like to hear it because totally you were two years ago, you were in the Yankees organization and catching. And it just seems like the game has evolved in that position so much in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's it's evolved, but like that information that that we were just talking about, people have no idea how intricate and like that's how hard this game is. But that's how, like that's what that's how a big league hitter looks, watches the game, and watches the hitters in front of him. And how is the pitcher shaking? Does he always throw one one breaking balls? And you're right, thus like the young pitchers, they're lost because of that reason. And, like, this is where I believe, and I, I push for the veteran catcher because you get a young catcher back there that has no idea, they don't know. They're all doing the same exact thing. He's going to say, yeah, yeah, good idea. Keep going fastball down and away when you shake. Like, this is where, <laughs> like, I've gone on a rant. I've gone on rants because of this reason alone. Like, this is the value of a veteran guy that has been around and has seen it and has been beat multiple times when you're younger because we've all done it. We've all made these mistakes. But teams don't value the veteran guy as much. Like you said, it's all about how many strikes can we steal and, and, and whatnot. And we don't we don't care about anything else. But like that, to the people listening, that's what's important. That piece right there. That's fascinating. Yeah. No, yeah, and it's, it, and it's true. I'm not I'm not gonna badmouth the, the front office guys or anything because they do help a ton. Like the information they can give us, like especially to get through like how hard big league hitters are, especially if you're like we're gonna see Minnesota Knight who's who's been raking, and we're gonna see the Dodgers right after. So the more information I can definitely get, the better it is. But I think that's the way they can't quantify the gut feeling in a game where the reaction of a swing or a take from a hitter is where they can say, like, well, it doesn't really matter because you can't – there's no intangible to that, which I, as catching, like, that, that's probably the biggest aspect of a, of a game for me is knowing what my pitcher has and knowing what they're looking like against certain pitches and takes and swings yeah. and stuff like that to get through it. This is cool. And, 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 and it's true what he's saying. It's true what he's saying. We're not here bat-mouthing the yeah. data. It's important to have the data. It's awesome that we have that data in front of us. I mean, it's obviously evolved from when, shoot, when I was last in the big leagues in, in 13, you know, it's evolved so much. But um, at the same time, there's still a relationship, like I mentioned earlier, between the pitcher and catcher that that's important and, and only them to know what's, what, what they have in each other that night. And it just... It's just, uh, yeah, you, you go off a field and, and what you see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, data, data is important. And having all that data is, is cool. You know, having all those cameras and, and numbers and stuff like that, it's just knowing what to do with them, obviously. Um, is, you, is and Dustin, you're, it's, you're an interesting case because you're 34 now and you came up when you were 27 as a pro. You're, you've seen this technology. You've had to adapt with it where some of the younger catchers, this is all they know, right? So – I, I don't cover baseball anymore as much as I used to back in the day, but what is going on with like, with like the, some of the, you guys have a wristband now that guys can communicate. Is that what you're talking about? Totally. Where you have a, a wireless system giving signs. Is that what's going on? 
some some teams some teams use those wireless system but the uh, there's a lot of teams that are still like I, I say it's old school but it's like the wristband and it and it navigates you through the lineups ahead behind evens i don't know and i it, that's not information really to share but but it, the the system i i'm i'm curious about the different systems you guys use yeah, that we don't, we haven't used it. Every team has it, so it's basically up to the team if you want to use it. So it's like I think it's called Pitchcom, but it's basically yeah, yeah. a little a little board about this big, and it has eight to ten buttons on it, and then you can push. Basically, you you can program it however you want it for what button is for what pitch, and you click the button, and they have the speaker that you see in their the side of their hat, and it says fastball away, fastball up away, slider away, slider back door. And you basically can do it so you don't have to do any signs. I think we racked it too quick in spring training without really experimenting it because when they first brought it to our attention, it was like, fuck that. I don't want to be pushing buttons and worry about all this crap. <laughs> Give me my I'm with you, buddy. But now when you start playing the bigger teams who like are very good at stealing signs at second base off the catchers or even off the pitchers, I kind of think we should we should have at least messed toy with it in that aspect to where we don't even have to put signs down and they can throw. Really? Are, are you guys? Would you, you think that would be something hard to adapt to in like mid-season? I mean, it's not mid-season; it's still early. But like, is this? I mean, I feel like this has to be done in spring training to have it really buttoned up. Yeah, that's what it, it's definitely should have been done in spring training to to really get it going. That's where we saw most teams using it. And the teams that are using it now that used it then. Um, we're gonna try. I think we're just gonna mess around with it in bullpens to see if guys like it or not. But I think it's. I'm I'm kind of on the fence both ways. I understand the aspect of not putting signs down, not having to worry about that. It's kind of takes your load off your off your shoulders. Don't worry about switching sign systems and all that kind of stuff, and at the, having the flow of the game be interrupted. But at the same point, like we watch when the crowds get crazy, or we saw with the White Sox, it shut down twice. They couldn't even hear it, yeah. so it, it was yeah. a minute long in between pitches. Like it's like, where do you want that to happen or not? Because if if it's ninth inning. Three, two, and we gotta step off and say this fucking thing in my ear is not working. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, now we gotta go back to signs, right? Like, like so let me put this that's into layman's point. terms. Let me put this into layman's terms. What he's saying is the pitchers, he likes the idea because the pitchers are not most pitchers are not that smart to figure <laughs> out different sign sequences. That's what he really was trying to say. I'll just say it for you, Dustin. All right. I never said it. I never said it. <laughs> because you are right. You are right. It's it's stressful. And then you get some of these dummies on the mound who can't figure out multiple sign sequences. And you're like, what? The? You just go out and rack up three pitches. All right. First pitch, heater in. Next pitch, slider down away. Next pitch, throw one under his chin. And then go out and do it all over again. But, well, but it, I, it, I, I, it, to, to your point, Dustin, I, I would be. I don't feel as if I would be engaged in the game as much. I would be more worried about that piece of like, holy shit, did I hit the right button? Does it give the catcher feedback too? So when you push it, do you hear it in your ear or since you're controlling it? I think you can have it. From what I understand, they're, they're, you're allowed either four total or four on the field. It's like the middle infielders can have it too, the pitcher. And then, because I would like to have it if we are if we would use it in my ear. If I, if like, I want to go fastball away and I throw a fucking knuckleball down there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that's that can easily happen for you guys. You guys get so locked in on the game that you were just like, you know, adrenaline, 
crowd, everything, and you're like, boom, and you're like, oh, sh- wait, wait, what pitch did I call again? Like, it, it, it can easily happen. It, 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 and I saw it with the Blue Jays this weekend, too, Um, in, in Houston. It, it got loud, and one of the pitchers came in, and he couldn't – it didn't work. So they, they stopped the game. It took about three, four minutes, it seemed like. It, it felt like half an hour. The, the middle infielder had to run in, give a, give the pitcher the, the piece, and and off we go. But, again, people think that technology is the answer to speeding up this and, and doing this and, and you know, let's, 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 let's make it quicker. But technology can fail at any point, too. And and now we're stuck, like like you guys mentioned, with signs. And, yeah, some guys do struggle with multiple signs. And, and, and next thing you know, the, the catcher's back there wondering, what the fuck is this guy going to throw? And if, did, he, did he get the right sign? And, you know, am I going to get crossed up? And. All, all that stuff that that goes through through a catcher's head, and I'll tell you what, uh, these two perfect guys ask them how bad it is to get crossed up. It's it's horrible. It, it feels awful when you do it as a pitcher, and you're just like, God, I mean, this guy just wore one off the chest at like 94 because he was sitting oh, curveball. <laughs> and, every, and every pitcher should feel bad because we're never wrong. We actually they got the sign wrong. Even when we're wrong, we're still right. Just remember that, boys. I, I next. Is where they're going to implement the stop clock or pitch clock next year, and I think that it's, it's going to force the hand of every team to have to do the pitch calm. Because the one thing I have noticed for the teams that do use it as a batter, as I'm stepping in, the pitchers are already ready, rocking, ready to fucking go. So that's that oh. now it, it's sped up a ton. So Whoa. I think with the clock, it's going to kind of force everybody to get get going that aspect of it. I just, you know what? Again, the pitch clock thing, like. Pitching is an art, man. Sometimes you have to think, and 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 sometimes you you're not on like what it's good. The pitch clock is good when you have your A game and you're going out there and you're like bam, 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 bam. You're hitting every spot. You're getting quick outs. But there's some games where you get through five, six, and it's a grind, and you need every single second possible to kind of mentally regroup yeah, on the mound. Yes, between innings. That's why they're going to use it. Yeah, you ain't ready. You ain't ready. And I, like a Roy Halladay would would love that, you know, this he didn't need it, you know, because he was so fast and he just yeah came up there and diced you up. But like certain games, you just have to be able to navigate that that starter or that reliever through through an inning. And if you're gonna implement this whole pitch clock thing, it's like I mean, baseball is not uh I think I saw uh uh Derek Holland the other day. If you want to watch something fast, go watch NASCAR. You know, that's what you know. What's that? He's a beautiful human being. He's something. <laughs> that's awesome. He's something. No, uh, and it's like true, a, man. Like, like, real, like, if a game ends in 245 rather than three three hours, like 15 minutes, like, you come to enjoy the game, watch the game, and, and, and not anymore, Rick. I, I told you that not anymore. And I was like, hurry up, let's get out of here. Wait till, the, hey, wait till the bases get bigger. Fuck, we, hell, we, we can only throw out about 25% of the runners anyways. Now we're going to let them lead off further and be in the second sooner? Like, fuck, fuck off. No. They're trying, they're trying no. everything. For, especially with their now in minor leagues, you're allowed to only throw over two or three times in a row before it's called a balk on you. So that they want stealing. They want all this stuff. And it's like, as stealing goes up, Robo umpire comes in. I'm just gonna say, "Fuck it, I'm done. This is over. I'm over with it." <laughs> yeah, that's right. I quit. You guys win. I'm you win. Done. Oh, man. Uh, I love this conversation because you're giving us all kinds of information that we've never really thought about. Um, what's up with the one knee? 
when we were kids, it used to be everybody wanted to be Tony Pena, and it was like, don't do it. Now every team does it. Like, why? It, so that's the goes on the aspect of the receiving metrics and stuff that puts so much emphasis on catching the baseball. The the I'm not going to bash anybody who does it or not. It's just I don't do it. But getting as low as you possibly can is definitely going to help you receive the bottom of the zone better. So that that's the translation of um, the why people go down on one on the left knee or the right knee or however it goes. Where I get a little lost on it. Guys have actually gotten better this year and last year, but the throwing aspect and then blocking, but blocking to the, your lateral, like side to side, especially balls that are yanked, can get a little dicey with that. Yeah, well, you run out of you run out of room. There's no question, right? So just a little bit, Dustin. I was with the Dodgers in 19. Went with my left knee down. Didn't know anything about it. I just learned it, said, hell with it. Left knee down, and then guys get in on base or two strikes, I would get into a conventional secondary. And then in 2020, I went to the Yankees, and that was like right knee down. Tanner Swanson came in, and he was going to – this is what we were going to do. And I, I knew I was kind of on my way out, but I, I just spent a ton of time learning because I, I, I felt the same way. Like, I don't know if this works. And I caught the first game of spring training against the Blue Jays. And I, I told Swan, Tanner Swanson, like, I'm not ready for this. I need to, like, just let me catch how I've caught. And they said, no, just try it. It's spring training. You'll be fine. Well, it's a damn track meet on the baseball field. <laughs> now, I'll say that. Uh, with that being said, though, like, I've learned the mechanics of the throwing. But, yes, you're right. When the ball gets outside of the box blocking, it's freaking hard. If, if you're not, like, mechanically sound, like, set up properly – you're not going to get like balls that are away. You're going to have a hard time blocking, but the receiving aspect of it, it, it made receiving so much easier for me. Really? Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, that's, that's the aspect everybody really cares about. There's some yeah. teams where I've heard where they don't really care about anything else besides receiving the baseball. Throwing and blocking is kind of secondary, which is, I can't be sold on that because 
90 feet in the big leagues is a big damn deal, man. Especially when you get yeah. from first to second base. It's a it's a huge deal to just say it where we don't put uh, the aspect of like keeping guys closer to home plate at least. Like I, I don't I can't buy into that yet. Yeah. yeah. No, and the, and there's also there's also beauty in watching catchers who can bat the shit out of it, man. And and it, and it takes a lot of you know, there there's times where a pitcher, you know, you can be one two with a man on third base and you have to trust the catcher that he's gonna block that nasty off speed pitch or breaking ball that you're going to throw. And, and that's why the, there's beauty in that. And when you take that away where these guys are down on one knee with the runner on third, the, the winning run on third base and, and they can't get to that ball. I mean, it's, it's like, did we really just put an emphasis on trying to steal a strike over, over that run down at third base? Yeah. Cause uh, AJ, our manager, he, he says it the best in my opinion. It's like, you have to be able and okay to lose the world series based on going knee down with the block. If you aren't okay with losing that, then there's something wrong with you not being confident or having the ability to do it. Oh, that's all we yeah. put it. Damn. I like that. Damn. I like that. That's, and that's I, what we, you're, we know. that's, we're blocking balls to save runs and save 90 feet. And if you can't say the most stressful, biggest run of the game of your life in the seventh game of the World Series to where you're just like, I don't know if I want to do this, then you shouldn't be fucking doing it. That, that's what well that's what veteran veteran managers that's how they talk right it's all about 90 feet for them it's yeah. if if you can save 90 feet like all these guys i mean i'm sure tony buck uh aj even like that's a big that's a big thing because as as dustin said like 90 feet is huge from first to second now you're in scoring position that's a whole different beast from yeah. second to third now you're one one pitch in the dirt that squeaks away now it's a run so mm-hmm. yeah, there there is value, and again, like some of the stuff I think is good. I, I like I said, I just try to take as much information in as I I could. But there is a lot of there is going to be a lot of criticism and a lot of downfall for the one knee down stuff. Yeah, I think man. I think it'll come back. It'll shift back um, at some point, though. Well, the numbers will show something, Dustin. I know you got to get going. We appreciate you coming on. We got to have you back on soon, so just we can talk some BS. But it was like really interesting and in how. You shared with us like what goes on in the catching world right now. Really, because- really quick, really quick though, really quick before we let him go. How awesome was watching Miggy hit three thousand? Yeah, dude, it was. Uh, I almost got choked up seeing him and his family and stuff because I like honestly, it might never happen again. The way baseball is going, five hundred homer, see again, six hundred maybe, but like the three thousand hit aspect, like that's that's not going to be done for a long time. So that was special. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. No, that's, hey, uh, that's freaking awesome, Dustin. What about this kid right here? How many hits he got? <laughs> How many what? How many hits that guy got right there? <laughs> Not enough. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Picture of Dustin Garneau at Cal State Fullerton. I heard you had a nickname when you were at Fullerton. What was it? Yeah, Drago. It's a good one. <laughs> I had the longer hair back then, so I was all spiked <laughs> up. That was uh, Jason Gill. He's at SC now. He's the one who gave it to me. <laughs> there he is, yeah, yeah so next time you come on the podcast in a couple of weeks we're gonna have all kinds of pictures of you uh looking good with drago and uh, i'll find one from your little league days your san pedro days we'll get going we'll have more fun the next time you he come will on. too dude he will he's mayor of carson so he will go in, uh, in the I thought I saw and carson everything yeah you know I, I saved the carson hat for a little bit you know <laughs> <laughs> So it's all right though. My kids go to school in San Pedro. I know. I know the good stuff. We'll go to uh, Busy B. We'll take care of you, man. Yeah. 
Hey, man. Yeah. Um, th- th- thanks, Dustin, for coming on. And uh, hopefully we see you out here in L.A., man. We'll be yeah, we'll be sure. yelling, talking shit to you if we go down. <laughs> we need tickets, man. Come on. Get away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, this yeah. is why they brought you on. <laughs> yeah, man. We, we, we need tickets. Field passes. I can do 50 <laughs> passes. All right. Go catch that bus, man. We'll talk right. to you in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks, Good kid, man. Good guy. Uh, good kid. He's 34 years old, but I remember reading about him when he was like in 10th grade here in the South Bay. Uh, but that, yeah. That was- hey, man, what, what, a, what a bunch of nuggets he just gave us Ooh. there, though. Like crazy. Great. Like, you know, because he takes us into the mind of what, what's going on right now. And, yeah. and again, we're not in this podcast bashing any of it because that's not what we're going to do. Um, again, it's important to have information, but it's the way that it's being used. And, you know, him talking about the, the one knee thing, you know, and, and what AJ said to him totally, I'm sure you a hundred percent agree with that. Right. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's it, the state I, of baseball where we're at with it, with it right now. It's interesting because like I said, I've, I've had the ability to learn all the different styles, just kind of where my career path took me. And like now doing lessons for like younger kids and high school kids, like it's interesting because there's some, there are some kids that like, whether it's a a body type, athleticism, whether they, whatever that is, some kids pick up and actually do well off of the one knee. And then there's some kids who have no chance to catch off the one knee. So like, I, I, I think it is more like specialized. Um, and like with some of my catchers that are down on a knee right now, like they all, they actually block very well. And this is high school baseball and these dudes can't throw it in a 20 inch hallway. Like they have no shot, but like they still do block. Once you learn the mechanics, it's a little bit different, but, but to Dustin's point of like what, what AJ said, like you got to be willing to lose games or you can't do it period. Like, it's just that's black and white. That's not up for debate. And I think that is the debate of like, well, it's okay if we have two pass balls and it cost us a run because we're gonna steal X amount of strikes, which actually equals three wins for the season. So like the risk for reward is that's what they're all trying to figure out. Yeah. yeah. And AJ being AJ Hinch, the manager of the Detroit Tigers. Um yeah, and like I said, that was kind of different from what we normally do on the podcast, but I, I said it to you guys before, like, let's ask them what's going on because the position is just being so scrutinized and it's evolving before our eyes. And totally, like I said, two years ago, you were doing this, learning it, and now everybody's doing it. And, you know, it's like I said, we're not coming on here to be like, back in the day bashing, it's more of like, let's evolve and find out, ask the questions of why they're doing it. Because if the best players in the world are doing it, there's a reason they're well, doing it. And he, and- and he said it best too about that rookie pitcher. Again, it's it's little things that that yeah. that these guys are able to read. But I'm talking about catchers. Little things that they're able to read. This guy keeps shaking to the same side, same side, same side. And it's like for the for the for the rookie pitcher, he's a deer in headlights, man. It's his debut. He doesn't even know what he's doing. When when Dustin asked him, he didn't know what he was doing. So he, <laughs> it, you know, again, it takes like 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 Josh said, it takes a veteran catcher, and that's what veteran catchers do. Like. The, I'm sure Dustin said, hey, man, follow me. I got you. When, when a catcher says that to you, even as a veteran pitcher, you watch it with um, Adam Wainwright and, and Yair Molina. And it's like, I got you, dude. Don't worry. And you just sit back and you're like, whatever he puts down, when when my catchers, you know, that that caught me, they put something down. It was like, all right, I trust them. They 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 see the footwork. They, they're they reading the hitter. They're looking up at the hitter, uh, waiting to throw down a sign. And they're saying, all right, 
Trust me right here. Because when you do shake, again, like Josh said, they're always right. When when, when you do shake and you get hit, they come in the dugout and they say, hey, what did I fucking tell you? <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's less, no, come on, Rick. No, we don't hold an ego. But like to Rick's point, like, yes, like there's a method to what we do and how we call a game, right? Like that's why and I, I'm, 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 it's an art. I meant to mention of like the, the information and data is wonderful. It's all the same stuff that we've all had for the last 15 years or so. But like the one thing that I have a hard time with is like, don't tell me definites, right? Like, don't tell me like, mm. oh, like, oh, oh, just keep throwing the guy breaking balls in the dirt and eventually he'll swing. Like there might be something different that I saw. And I think that's like, that's the part mm-hmm. of the game that that is now being missed because mm. the yeah. wristbands do give you definites. And now yeah. we have the wristbands with the pitch com, like, holy shit. Why don't we just have the analytical guy just call it from the dugout to everybody's <laughs> ear and say, fastball away, change up, yeah. down and in. Like, why and, don't we just do that and really fucking save some time? And it's true what Josh said. Uh, we have had this data. You know, obviously it's different. We used to do our own data. It was like we we went and out we went out and did our own notes and stuff like that, where we found out the cold zones, the hot zones and stuff like that, the last 10 games, the last five games. All that good stuff, but now obviously it's even more magnified. And for me, like 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 Josh said, like if I saw a hot zone on a guy on a on a certain pitch, well, that's that's my best pitch. I'm gonna throw it, you know. Like I'm not just gonna shot. I'm gonna pick my spots. Like let's say you know again Miguel Cabrera. Let's say his hot zone's down in the way, well, uh, and don't throw him a changeup. Well, shit, my changeup moves a lot. I can't just say I'm not gonna throw it. It, again, it, it's the catcher is going to know when when I should throw it and and how how to set it up, and 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 that being the key word set up like that's what pitching has always been about for me setting guys up not not relying on okay uh, you know the book says that I shouldn't throw this pitch well no shit like I I gotta set up this pitch somehow some way I I've navigated through games uh, with two pitches. And the third pitch kind of being a big question mark. And I've gotten deep into games. Again, I'm not tooting my own horn or anything like that. But it, it's possible, again, with the help of the catcher and him guiding you. And um, and and Dustin obviously said a good point. Like the relationship that you're able to build with these guys is just will get thrown out the window. Man, it's fun. I, I like hearing from D- Dustin and like just, you know, we're all baseball fans and we want to know what's going on. And I, I guess because I'm – getting tired of the, well, this is what we used to do. Well, you know what? What we used to do isn't working. It's evolved. Yeah. Instead of complaining about it, ask why, you know, things yeah. evolve. And like I said, it's, it's fascinating. To it. you, you adapt to it. Again, you adapt it to a certain type. Yeah. You adapt it to your game. Obviously, you don't make it all about the game. Yeah. And I feel like when we first started this podcast, Beto, you know, when we did it, our first episode in Arizona, Brandon Morrow came on the show and he was talking about like how he liked uh, having all the camera angles and seeing the stuff yeah. coming out. And, and it's crazy from that point that we started that podcast to what it's evolved to what it is now. The yeah. catching position, the pitching position, pitch calm. Um, you know, Josh mentioning the bases getting bigger and uh, Dustin saying that you're only allowed to pick off three times. And dude, like what? I didn't like know that one. That part, that part, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? What are yeah. what are we yeah. doing? Well, look at the what podcast. Are... We, we started off having to be in the same room. Now we got three different locations. We've had guys all over the world, whatever it is. And. The pod, we have stickers now. I mean, I mean, just going yeah. to Australia. I said one the other day. So we've evolved. You can evolve. Let's go. 
evolve, but at the same time, like you still stay true to yourself exactly. and, and what you believe in. Again, the, I, I love what, what Dustin said of that, what uh, AJ, AJ Hinch said, you know, okay. about the running on third base. Like if you're comfortable enough to lose a game, then, you know, go ahead. But obviously every catcher is going to say no, like, no, like we can't let that guy score in game seven of the World Series to lose the World yeah. Series. Like you're yeah. going to do everything yeah. to block that ball. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, totally uh, changing subjects here. We had a road trip last week. Uh, we had a field trip. We went to watch the Braves take on the Dodgers, uh, sitting in front row. Um, and our guy George Poulos, he hooked it up. JT. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I saw big. I saw George. I saw Jeff. Uh, I saw Sal. Uh, yeah. Wow. Fasano, what a beauty. Time. What a beauty. Yeah. I told you. What a beauty. Yeah. Yeah. They turned around and they're like, hey. <laughs> "What's up, guys?" But yeah, no, it was cool. It was cool. Um, we got to watch a, a great matchup in in Walker Bueller against Max Fried. Max Fried took a perfect game into the sixth, six, I think. Yeah, yeah, just so. two awesome, awesome arms. That would be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah. Walker Walker Bueller is one of my favorites to watch pitch. Yeah, and through a complete game that. last night, complete game yeah, for Walker was, Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. He's a motherfucker on the mound, man, and you love oh, him. You love him. And in the yeah. clubhouse and everything, he's edgy. As one of my favorite teammates. Yeah, that, so that was good. We had a really. Yeah, awesome. Is he is he edgy like that too on the off the oh, field? Oh, oh, he's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he's beautiful. I just high strung, just wound tight. Really, it's great. You yeah. know, it's crazy but, because I was watching. You know how they do that sports net all access Beto on yeah on, the backstage um, one or backstage yeah and and <laughs> they asked Kershaw about it, like him mentoring uh, Walker and he's like actually no I haven't done any of it I don't need to like people yeah. like. The media has taken this and ran away with it. Like I, I don't need to mentor him. He's he's his own person, and I don't need to tell him anything. Like, and just, I, I just you know, it's funny to me how like, oh yeah, like Clayton Kershaw mentoring, and I love how Clayton came out. Clayton came out and said, no man, like he's his own person. I don't need to like guide him through this. He knows what to do. Hey, let me tell you, he knows. As I mean, from a pitching perspective, grip shapes, deliveries, like mechanics of pitching. This dude is in tune. Like, I've talked pitching with him a lot. We've talked a lot of different things of pitching. And, like, watching him throw his bullpens, how passionate he is and how perfection. I mean, he reminds me of, like, a perfectionist. And what exactly what all the top-tier guys in the big leagues do, that's Walker Buehler, and that's why he's at the top. That's why he can throw CGs and opening day starts and all that. Yeah. yeah. Vanderbilt and, attitude. And, and, I love you know what he reminds me of? Obviously – um, he didn't throw as hard when I played with them. Uh, Walker, what throws 95, 98, 99, but Doc Halliday, the exact same, like meti very meticulous about yeah, the delivery, that's, very meticulous that's right. about the routine and, and the way they go about it. You know, they're not going to, they're going to go out there and be in, and and they're in their mind, they should be going to complete game every outing. And that's, that was Doc Halliday's, uh, um, mentality every time he took them out. And even his bullpens, dude, like he cannot be bothered on his bullpen. It's almost his bullpens. We're almost game days for him. And it's yeah. like you couldn't talk to him. You couldn't like you you'd go out there and you sit and you watch him and you're like, oh my goodness, like this guy did not miss a spot. And even if he missed, he was pissed. You know, if it was like an inch or two, and like that's how meticulous he was about his his bullpen and his work day and his play cat. I, I remember the first time I played catch with them, dude. I was nervous as shit. He hit me in the chest every time, and you know, I'm like handed heaving uh, balls, balls at his ankles. Oh, dude. And like, yeah, like. Uh, and I remember our pitching coach, Brad Orangeburg at the time. He's like, Arnie. Yeah. 
he's just like, it's just Roy fucking Halliday, bro. Hit him in the chest, dude. I was like, uh, and I was a rookie, dude. So I was like, uh, you know, you start guiding the ball and you're like, and Doc is just laughing, dude. He's like, don't worry about it, man. And I'm like, dude, like, you know, it was to me, it was obviously no, nobody played catch with them other than Brad Orangeburg. But when they when I, we were throwing a bullpen early for something because we had something to do, um, I, I was playing catch with them. So, yeah, it was a little nerve wracking. And uh, but, yeah, those guys were like, I think one day I think they said he threw he would try and throw bullpens blindfolded, I think, Jeez. or close his eyes just to kind of feel his delivery and just shit like that. You're just like. I mean, come on, man. Like, I'm trying to throw strikes with my eyes open. You're over here closing your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that was the beauty. And, and those guys are very rare. That's why I always say, man, like, people enjoy the shit out of playing Kershaw. Oh, because yeah. you're probably never going to see that ever again. You know, what he's doing. And, um, you know, obviously Walker's well on his way. But, like, enjoy those guys. Enjoy their their, their body of work and what they're able to do. Clayton's still doing it at a high level right now. And it's like, you highly, highly respect that man. And again, uh, uh, I, I enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, watching these guys go out there and, and do their thing. I will say this though, and not, not to kiss up to you, Rick, but watching a game with you, cause normally when we go to games with you, I'm over there BSing around, um, not paying attention to games, but this time, because we had such good seats and we were sitting there with you asking you what you would throw and what was going on in the situation. It's fascinating to hear somebody who's been at that level explain why you're doing things. And I can't wait to go to a game with you, Tolly, to hear what a catcher's mindset would do uh, when you're that close and what you're going to be doing. That. Oh, Ricky was like, well, if you're watching a game, what uh, are you Are you sometimes calling the game? Uh, yeah, if, if I know the pitcher, I do. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But other than that, because it's hard, it's hard. Like, like Dustin said, though, it's so hard. Calling a game, there's so many pieces that go into it, right? You take the scouting report, you take reading swings, reading takes, all you you see something different when you're underneath the hitter. But more importantly, you really have to know how your guy's stuff is working that day and what pitches he has going and when so you'll see guys like pop like oh oh breaking balls and you're like wait, why did he just do that? But there there could be something that he, he wants to get to that the second time through or wants to use it as a put away. There's a lot of different pieces, hmm. but when I have a guy that I know. It, it, I mean, and it's funny because a lot of the times they still pitch how they pitched three, four, five years ago. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question, Josh. Um, as a catcher, what's the percentage, like in a game, that you ever doubted a pitch that you put down that you're like, "Fuck, I don't know if we should throw this, but I'm gonna put it down anyways." It's happened a few times. I tend to call timeout if I get stuck in between. Uh, I've been more in between pitches of like damn, we could throw another high fastball and get him for a swing and miss, or we could just bury the slider. But he hasn't he hasn't been able to execute a slider, so let's go high fastball. You, the, you get those conversations going in yeah. your head versus like, yeah. shit, we shouldn't have done that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and that, that's exactly what I wanted to know because, it's it, it, again, it's a thinking game. And and you guys are doing most of the thinking for the pitcher. And, and yeah, the pitcher's obviously going to let you know whether he wants to throw it or not whether he wants to bury the guy and, and, and throw that slider or he's going to trust you and say, all right, I'm going to go with my catcher and what he sees. And Beto, let me tell you this, man, like nobody's more pissed. Um, if you give up a base hit on a, on a pitch that a catcher calls, like, especially if you're, if you're ahead in the count and, and these guys take it too hard, man, like they're like, God, Lee, like, you know what? I shouldn't have, I should have buried him. And, and, and again, you, 
you respect them for that you because they do care and they're they're back there catching their asses off and again like what dustin came out he came out hot man and 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 you love that about your catcher and and what he's able to bring again a guy that's been shoot how many teams probably five six in yeah, his career yeah. you know and 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 he's still doing it you know he's a backup but he's a backup better at this point and a guy that that shoot aj hinch said here you go go catch this rookie go guide him through through and, and i'm sure he did it for a reason you oh, know and, I, and well they have they have tucker uh barnhart who's a, who's a great yeah. catcher too you know but i'm sure he did it for a reason and and shoot my debut was caught you know by none other than michael barrett you know like that was, wow. that, was who, that was who caught my debut dude michael barrett and, and Vet veteran guy yeah oh wicked veteran guy super veteran dude michael barrett yeah super veteran. He, he, Caught with the Padres. Remember, he took a foul ball off the face, like broke his whole face or his own Michael nose. Barrett. Michael Barrett, yeah, and he's the one that punched AJ Przinsky when he was oh, at home play. Yeah, at home play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was hardly playing, hardly playing. And all he said to me, I remember he like, I remember bits and pieces. All he said was like, "Trust me to trust me." Uh, this afternoon, kid, go that's have it? a good one. And that's it, dude. And dude, I don't think I shook once. And um. You know, obviously, I'm in Miggy Cabrera's book as far as base hits because he did get a base hit. He got more than a, a few base hits off of me, but so I contributed to those three thousand. So I'm pretty proud of that. Hey, uh, uh, <laughs> but you have to help. You have to help, bro. That's one hey, way to find the history book. <laughs> you're hey, welcome. Uh, all right, here you go, Michael Barrett. I just uh, Wikipedia him. This is how salty he uh, a vet he was. He started his career with the Expos at 18. Uh, and he played for the Honolulu Sharks, the West Palm Beach Expos, the Shorebirds. Uh, then he turned pro in 1998. So, yeah, he uh, his last appearance, 2009, April 17, 2009, for the Blue Jays. Was that your debut, Rick? When was my debut? Yeah. Uh, April 9th, dude. April you got 9th. released after the game? No, dude. You know, well, you know what happened? Um Shoot, it was kind of it's kind of shitty the way it went down. He went up for a pop-up and or was it a pop-up or a wild pitch? And he went chasing the ball and um the opposing he went into the opposing uh team's uh like uh on deck circle and he and he like slipped on the donut or something and he landed on his shoulder and I think he like dislocated his he shoulder. He tore a muscle in his right shoulder. Attempted yeah. to retrieve a wild pitch that day yeah. and never yeah. got back to the big leagues. Yeah. Holy that's crap. How, yeah, man. That's how that's how it ended, man, for him. But yeah, he caught my debut. Like Rod Barajas was our main catcher. And yeah. he caught Yeah. But Michael Barrett caught my debut, dude. And 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 yeah, we had a good wow. game. Wow, that's that's a crazy way for your big league because he went down to the triple A, tried to rehab and never could do anything. And he was released and never went back. Yeah. Uh, broke his yeah. face too, dude. And who's with the Padres when he broke his face on a, I think on an attempted bunt or a swinging, uh, he swung or something. And he showed us pictures. Uh, they ha he had to have uh, reconstructive face surgery, dude. He showed us the pictures of his surgery with his face off. That's sick. Oh my god, yeah, yeah he's the catching yeah. coordinator now for the Nationals. Let's get him on. I want to hear him. That's got be some good stories. Oh, right? dude, yeah, he'd be. I I'm still friends with him on. on Dude, out of all places, Facebook. 
So yeah, I'm gonna reach out to him. Like, I'm, I'm gonna ask him if he wants to come on Rick, it. And Ricky's gonna hit him up on MySpace. <laughs> yeah, the catching coordinator with the Nationals. I, I'd love to hear you know how Ricky acted on his major league uh, debut. Yeah. We've heard Ricky's I, side. I want to hear the catcher tell the shit, truth, man. I was quiet as shit. I dude, I that was so scared, man. I remember my legs shaking, but yeah, that's yeah. A topic for another day. Uh, uh, change it up. Uh, let's uh, get a little shout out to. Joel Sanchez Berlin Jerry in Milwaukee, Wisconsin got his sticker. He posted it. Appreciate you, Joel. Uh, also, this is a uh, pretty cool uh, Legacy Height baseball team here in Southern California. They had a couple of players that, that went to Ricky's camp. Totally, they have committed to play Division Three baseball. Uh, congratulations to Eric Ariola and also Anthony Cortez. They've committed to Medale College, home of the Mavericks. In Buffalo, New York. All so, right, right down yeah. the road, baby. Yeah. So two kids gonna be leaving the LA area. Uh, Legacy High School Tigers, a good program, and uh, they're gonna be going and representing for their neighborhood. Anthony Cortez and Eric Ariola. So congratulations to them getting an opportunity to see the other side of the country and also continue their education at Medale College in uh, Buffalo, New York. So congratulations, That's to those awesome. gentlemen. Yeah, so if you guys need any help, Tolly's down the road. He'll let you know. If you need to come shovel some snow, Tolly, we got two guys for you. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I need some help. Toughen them up, dude. Toughen yeah. them up. There it is. That's right. No, right, so let's they, they wouldn't last. They're from Los Angeles. You guys are. You guys won't even come out on a plane to see me. No. How do you think they feel? Well, because, but those kids are young and full of energy and life. They'll do okay, it. Okay, good. Me? All right, no. Fair. no, 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 no. All right, Tolly, let's wrap this thing up. Do we have a Tolly today? I, I, listen, I... We've had such a good podcast today. I don't want to damper it with any <laughs> nonsense or any negativity. I feel like I, I've been thinking, like, I've been negative on all fronts, right? Crash my car, parents, travel ball parents, these parents, coaches, at the whatever. I don't want to damper it anymore. I want to be more, a little more positive. When I have a rant, you'll hear my rant. And it okay. may happen in the middle of the podcast. But I, I think... I think I should just take a week off from my rants. Hey, and all right, all just right. Go on, go on with the positive Josh Tolley okay. attitude. Right, here we go. Hey, but remember, Tolley time doesn't have to be a rant. It could be anything you want. So, you know, give us a story about Kumbaya. Something about marshmallows. What do we got, Tolley? <laughs> give us a few good Tolley time. Is it still snowing over there, Josh? Tonight, we get snow tonight. It's rain. 81 yesterday. But we got a few projects on the farm. This will be a good little topic. We're going to fix the pond house, a little tongue and groove. Um, as my father-in-law says, when my mother-in-law can decide what kind of tongue and groove she wants on it, then we'll put it on. We're finishing up the schoolhouse. I'll send you guys some pictures. My father-in-law has done a wonderful job in the schoolhouse. From You remember when we were putting the roof on? Was that yep. two years yep. ago or last year? It is freaking awesome inside. All right. So. This is, so this that, is this is that's a kumbaya moment. This, this is so late yesterday. This is how nice it was out here, dude. Oh man. Oh thanks. Well, well, bathing suit. well, let me go. Yeah, sweet. Let me go put on my parka and I'm gonna head outside. <laughs> All right. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Ricky, I'll see you tomorrow. We got an early tea time. Uh no, it's gonna be cold, like, like 70. <laughs> right. Hey, my my swing is in shambles right now. Oh, hey, totally. I'm, I'm on not looking forward to it. I'm coming for Rick. 
I'll, I'll, I can't wait. Get his money. Get that money. Yeah. Deep pocket. Thanks to Dustin Gardeau. Uh, as always, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. See you, boys. See ya.